Welcome to the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and sitting with me to my left is my co-host, the Prince of Pixels. Nick Wright. And today we're going to be having an interview with Cosmotron's creators, Arcadaholics, LLC. At this year at the Louisville Arcade Expo, you know we look forward to it. We go to it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walk in the uh, front door and we're we're kind of scanning what we're gonna play. And you know, off to my left a little bit, I see this like really attractive, bright screen with green vector graphics. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? Okay. It was like a real wide screen. Yeah, really, really, really attractive. Four player. Right. It's like, I got to go. I'm going to go look at the stuff for sale, but then I want to hit that up. Right. Which is tough because, you know, I want to go see like Dragon's Lair and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I, I wanted to see that. And, you know, I was a lot of times like I'll play people's games as like a courtesy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like a custom game. And I'm like. Yeah, you know, I want to play this because maybe the, uh, make them feel better or something. <laughs> but it's never like great. With some examples of like Sky Cursor and you know like the oh that's awesome that's a great yeah. game yeah. But you know like played this game I was like this feels like legit like this this feels like something that I've played before, and it's like highly addictive. And when I looked at it and I go, it's Asteroids multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this it's is awesome. Battle Royale Asteroids. Yep, and uh, there was like a constant crowd around it. And me, you, and Nick, or me, you, and Logan, we hopped up on the uh, controls with like some random people. And Logan was always wanting to play it. I oh mean, yeah, he wanted yeah, to keep going back to well, it. Well, let's go look around the rest of the expo, and he just kept wanting to come yep. back. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. Yeah. That and like the uh, pinball games, like he was really into the pinball games yeah. too for some reason. But um, yeah, that that was just a fun game, and and it's you know interesting because Nick's only eight years old. I mean, not Nick. Logan's <laughs> only. <yeah. laughs> You're young at heart, Nick. No, he's only eight, but he really like got into it. He was able to play it and pick it up easily. Yeah. So the, you know the simplicity of it. And that's what I'm talking about. It's that old school, like simple to pick up and start playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to master it right away, obviously. Oh yeah, I mean, but, but everybody was new to it. You know, like when you when you play an arcade and it's a new arcade and everybody's just sort of curious and drawn to it, and you know, like n- everybody's skill levels kind of on the same. And you could pick those different ships, and it was like so much harder it, to control. Th- yeah, there was a lot of layers to it that yeah. I really wasn't expecting. So, you know, we did the expo, and I was like, I went home, and I had like that little quick video recording that I made of us playing, mm-hmm. put it up on uh, the channel, and I thought, I really would love to like talk to these guys. <laughs> I want to I wanna like pick their brain and, and see, you know, how many people did it take to make this game? Is it a small group? You know, they weren't there to represent the game, so... You know, I just wanted to know more about it. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, we uh, I reached out, and uh, turns out it's two guys, and uh, they're very nice, and they agreed to do an interview with us. Sweet. Yeah, so that's what we're here for. And I have them on the phone right now, and we're just going to, you know, like Nathan, we did with Nathan, we're just going to oh, get so to know them a little bit. So they've been listening to all this. Yeah, they have been. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, please welcome Shane Goodbrode, a.k.a. Cosmo Shane, and Dave Fur, a.k.a. Davatron, owners of Arcadaholics, LLC, and creators of Cosmotrons. Hey, guys. Welcome welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having us. Oh, glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks thanks for a lot for yeah. doing this with us. Starting with 
the company Arcadeaholics. Um, can you tell us like what's the origin of like how many how many? There's two of you guys, right? Total. You're looking at them. The You're looking whole at team. Them. You're what, looking at the whole company. What's the story of you guys? How, how did you guys get introduced? Um, and and where did the name Arcadeaholics come from? How did so? First question: How did we like uh, know each other? Kind yeah, of. Yeah. How did you guys like meet up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we we shared common, common interest in uh, cars and video games, of course, early on. So sixteen years ago. Yeah, sixteen like years that. ago. Um, Dave and his buddies they ran an automotive enthusiast site, and so we did some different car meetup kind of things. And then uh, we realized too that we enjoyed video games a lot. So we did a lot. Of, we did like even back then, you know, back in the day, like LAN parties and and kind of stuff like that. But uh, PC, we were big PC gamers at that point. But that's mm-hmm. kind of how we originally became friends. Yeah, Hi Rev, Wisconsin. Yep, was the name of the. Uh, club, not that that matters, but it's a- <laughs> let's give a shout out to those guys. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it was, was like a fan thing, site. Like, you guys yeah. just sort of, you're not, you know, like familiar with each other from school or anything like that. Work, it's just you guys met up on a fan site, and yeah. that's and you guys just discovered that you had a shared a love of uh, also video games. Yeah, yeah, it was actually I, I started the car club because I was really into cars, and a couple of buddies and me were like, you know, people have car clubs, but like, let's make an online car club. We'll have a forum and, yeah. you know, we'll organize meetups. And it was kind of a, a local car club. And yeah. we'd do that. We'd just get together and cruise around with a pack of 20 cars and drive around and cookouts and cookouts sometimes like in the park, stuff like that. And Shane was just one of the people that would, you know, he showed up and kind of kept coming to different things and got more involved, I think, with the club and doing things. And uh, here we are today. So this was just like a message board? Yeah, it was literally just, you know, old school ASP.net, you know. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was thinking PHPBB or something like that. (laughs) It it, it actually was in the time of that, for sure. That was kind of one of the options, right? PHPBB was one of the options. And the one I had to pick was an ASP one. And I I fired (laughs) up the server at home and plugged it in. And, you know, it was like this message board was running off the computer. Did did you create the message board yourself? Yeah, I did all I, I did. I did all the technical work. I had a friend, his uh, name was Scott. He did a lot of the kind of help me with the graphics and the design of the site. Style I'm sheets not, and all that. <laughs> creative type. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you got to have like, you know, there's got to be, you got to have two sides who can do both things really well. You yeah. know, like two guys that can kind of do everything, but not very well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about the name Arcadeaholics? Where did that come from? Well, we've, we've both been video gamers our whole lives and the past maybe six years, I started collecting arcade machines. So in my living room, I have, you know, like 15, 20 arcade machines in my, in my house. Wow. Um, so I started doing that. So like this, this idea of really liking arcade games. And it also got to the point where we, we just have less time to play games. Like we, we can't play as much PC gaming. So, but in terms of the PC gaming, like you, you play it, let's say a, a game for a half hour and it's, it gives you a thrill. Like you don't have the time to devote to that. But, in some of these arcade-type games, you play it for five minutes, you can kind of get that same thrill and the idea, too, that to have the skill, like the PC gaming high-end skill, but there's also some arcade games where you need a high-end skill. So it's kind of like the idea of, man, uh, we really like games, like a five-minute long game that you can just, you feel the thrill. Um, it's very high-skilled. So it's kind of like the idea of, like, arcade-aholics. You know, we love arcade games, uh, addicted to them, what, you know, whatever. Uh, and then... The, the idea of us releasing our game as an arcade product, of course. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, the name Arcadeaholics just sort of kind of speaks for itself, but you know, that, yeah. it's interesting to hear the story, like that you collected arcade cabinets and were actually kind of addicted to it. Really, it sounds like fifteen <laughs> to twenty. I mean, you could have started your own barcade and then yeah. put your game in there. And <laughs> it's funny because it seems like you're talking about like that's in the past. <laughs> right. Oh, so it's still going, huh? You haven't checked yourself in. There's not like steps or anything. To... Well, I'm not. I'm not as bad as a lot of my friends. That's for sure. Yes. My my collection has definitely dwindled. It's on the lower end now. It's manageable. This is true, but he's still got a lot of machines. So, <laughs> but here's an interesting point is that the start of our game, Cosmotrons, the re- one of the reasons why we started this game is because I wanted it in my own house, like it, as a game for for my friends and I to play in my own house. A thing that we made among my collection. Right, that was kind of the the floor, if you will, of where we thought yeah. this would go. Was it will make this game, and in worst case scenario, it'll end up as a, a showpiece in Shane's house, so we could play with our friends, and now, nobody else will see it. And here's the funny thing about this: two over two years later, I don't have one in my house yet. <laughs> well they're really high quality man so like i imagine you gotta like save up to like afford your own arcade (laughs) because they are so nice everyone that we're making is is uh, accounted for you know it's sold so everyone everyone that's being made is just it's going out so i'd rather have our clients have arcade machines than me have one at my house of course yeah well, you know, one day when you have your own island or whatever, and you're just like sipping back, <laughs> you, you can have one then, I suppose, next to the pool. Yeah, we can maybe afford an island off of like Antarctica or something. Yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so, is um, is is Arcadeaholics LLC like your full time job then, or do you guys have like day jobs? So it, it's a full-time job in terms of the time and mental time we put towards it, but it's not our full-time job. Yeah. I understand exactly what you mean. (laughs) We get it. Uh, So what do you guys do then for your day jobs? Like not necessarily saying exactly where you work, but what line of work are you guys in? So I'm a, I am a project architect. Uh, I'm actually a consultant um, in the technology field. So I kind of started out as a software developer, web developer, what, what you will. Mm. Um, and now I'm still doing a lot of that, but more on the project, you know, side, kind of helping lead teams of people working on projects, um, mostly in the Java space. Do you, when you were doing a websites, do you do you find building arcades and selling it to clients who own bars more <laughs> or less um, demanding than people who want to have a website built for them? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say less. I, was, I thought so. <laughs> it's actually easier to sell these arcade machines. Yes. That's a, making websites is super demanding, and um, you never give people what they ask for. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, you give them what you – you give them exactly what they asked for, but they didn't ask for it right. So what yes. they actually wanted was over here, right, is what I find. And that applies uh, whether you're making a website and you're working on the visual design or you're working on a back-end system. It never yeah. works the way they wanted it to, but it always, you know, you make it the way they asked for it. But it's Dude, never- that is so true. It's like, you know what, how many, how many times are you going to give this back to me? Like you, you guys are going to have to sign off on this eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, don't get me wrong. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from people, you yeah. know, as far as people that own our game, uh, that played our game and we've incorporated a lot of that and that that's super duper helpful. But I don't get people telling me, I don't like this, take it back and <laughs> fix it. So <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> it's really addictive you know 
And uh, and that's that's a testament to you both. You were able to make such an addictive game that Thank just you. feels right at home in an arcade, which is what all the good barcades should be like, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, what yeah. about you, Shane? So I'm actually a, a middle school teacher. Yes. School. <laughs> good and, for you, man. And, um, I teach like STEM or design type classes or engineering, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, many different classes from like almost like product design to I teach game design, uh, now, film. Is, what, what level did you say this was at? Middle school. So middle six, school. Seven, Very eight. cool. Wow. Can you imagine yeah. Nick being in like a video game design class in middle school? We didn't have that. No, <laughs> not at all. His kids are spoiled. I mean, yeah. what was that last year or the year before? Two years ago now. He had, he had all of his students, including their parents, invited them over to his house to play arcade games and Cosmotrons. Oh, and, wow. I mean, like, there were, you know, and, and specifically Shane had asked myself and some of his other friends that work in the industry to kind of come there so that the teachers could talk to people that work there, uh, the kids could kind of pick their brain. It was almost like mm -hmm. a... You know, almost like a Social. career fair, like a yeah. socialized career fair. Yeah, I was, you know, Shane's done really cool stuff like that, too, to, to help these kids out. And that's the thing I, I would always tell these kids when they ask questions. I was like, man, you guys are getting the opportunity to explore all these different things, all these different areas that I didn't have any opportunity to do that. So just how cool is that to yeah. be able to kind of get a, a much better idea from such an early on period in your life where you can kind of figure out where you want to go and what, what you actually like, what you're passionate about. Yeah. So super cool. That's where I always tell them because I, I really, I, it's funny that I became a teacher because I really just like school, especially middle school. <laughs> and and yeah. I tell the kids, I'm like, man, like if I would have had classes like you guys have now and the learning style that you guys have now, because it's pretty personalized. I'm like, this is, you guys got it good. You guys are spoiled. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I guess that's just how generational, you know, like that's just how it's looked upon, you know, from one generation yeah. to the next. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys had like you know electricity. Like we had to learn with by lamp fire, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but no, that that's absolutely very cool. Uh, my wife is a, a teacher, so okay, nice. you know, I I can definitely appreciate you know all the struggles that you may or may not go through in middle school. I I don't really have any. Your your mom was a middle school teacher. So. My mom just recently retired. She was yeah. a middle school teacher. Okay, but you know. God bless you, dude. Keep up the good work. I want to get to the actual game, Cosmotrons. Um, can you, if you wouldn't mind, just describe the game like to people watching or listening who have just no idea what we're talking about? Basically, sure. what, what is the game? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Cosmotrons is a gravity-based space battle multiplayer. It's just, we just call it gravity-based multiplayer mayhem. And picture you got four people, four pilots. What you're trying to do is you're trying to win a territory. So there's all these different maps. We got over 20 different maps in the game, and some of them dynamic, interactive. And you're trying, you're flying out in the galaxy. You're choosing which country you want to fly for. You're choosing which ship do you want to use. What's your charge shot? So you're kind of setting up your ship on how you want for battle. And then you're going out there and you're trying to destroy the other people that are also trying to get that territory. So it's like you're fighting for this country, trying to gain these resources. Um, and then in addition to that, there's also, there's we have a team mode, so you can team up and do that. And there's also be the boss mode. So you can like have three people team up against a big ship. So there's, you know, more than just what was explained there. And then what else you want to add that I missed there, Dave? Uh, you know, maybe, did you say that it's kind of vector-based graphics, oh, yeah. you know? Um, so 
just kind of that that feel of the vector base that a lot of people are drawn to it just just on that alone they see it like oh i gotta play this right it kind of yes. looks a lot like uh you know a colored version of uh, asteroids or maybe yeah. gravatar or you know space wars or you know all these all these games i've heard all these different people talk about and there's certainly a lot of them that you know we drew inspiration oh from. gosh you know what it does resemble gravatar a little bit <laughs> now, that, now that you mention it that's cool yeah yeah so um, just from a visual standpoint, right, you get the idea of what it's about from what Shane said, but from a visual standpoint, the kind of color graphics, the vector stuff. So, yeah. I, I really liked um, the complexities of the game because it does on the surface look like just multiplayer asteroids. But, right. you know, the next thing you know, you're slamming into these mazes, these... <laughs> these caverns and corridors and and the next thing you know like you're flying under a cloud and then a lightning bolt blows you up <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, so cruel <laughs> we would start getting the hang of flying around and shooting people and stuff and then we realize you run out of fuel oh my god first time i started dropping it why did you make it so that you just keep losing lives <laughs> <laughs> reason why so that's that the purpose yes that can be frustrating right <laughs> yes it you're can. falling it's like there's nothing i can do but there is something you can do oh. because you can still aim and shoot so you could still theoretically win if if somebody else has one life but you're falling to your death you can still shoot that person and still win we've had people win that way nice, yeah. nice. i also yeah. like too that you can have like the jerk mode is what i was calling it where you're still like kind of on the outskirts, still trying to shoot the people that are still in the game. <laughs> yeah, when you're the human. Yeah, yeah like the little men are down on the ground and they can shoot. I love the, uh, you know, so yeah, like I said, complexities. And then you start learning, like, oh, I got to start accounting for fuel. And then, you know, yep. you got the different, you know, fuel tanks here and there. And then you got to, but you got to be careful not to slam into the wall. When, but then you also got yep. two guys trying to shoot you down while you're trying to dock in to get your fuel. In. <laughs> I was like letting you all like battle each other. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going for the fuel. You all do your thing. Yep. But then That's I also true. loved it when we started flying and I learned you could kind of go through on the next, the other side of the screen. I was like, what oh, is yeah. this? <laughs> the screen wrap. It's like Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> this the screen wrap was awesome. It was another great yep. touch. So and I love the little bonus races, which yeah, what kind of cool you would fun. cool off a bit. Like you're not shooting your opponent anymore. Now you're just trying to get to the finish line. And one time I almost did it, but like right as I got to the finish line, right at the finish line, the like you know the thing came oh, down like a and crashed. Yeah, stalactite <laughs> fell on him. <laughs> oh my god! It, 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 but it was great. I like didn't even care. It was so it was so great because <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it to happen. Yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to try and design the game to be like uh, the most fun you can have dying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because you just want to get right back in it. Yeah. And we did, man. Like if if you know we were paying money to play, we I you know I'd have my roll of quarters out yeah. <laughs> for sure. Nice. Um, well, like when you're talking about like the depth, I mean that was a big thing that when we went into this because a lot of arcade games, and this is my frustration, a lot of arcade games, especially newer ones, too easy. No depth, not much replayability. You play it once, why do you need to play it again? It's just like this flashy entertainment piece, not necessarily a game that has game design. So that was big for us is we wanted there to be a lot of player choice. We wanted there to be a lot of risk versus reward, tons of replayability. And like when you're talking about the depth and you think about strategy, you're talking about, okay, what's my strategy? Oh, I could fly around, I could grab fuel. Mm -hmm. I could fly around, I could try and shoot people. I could maybe kind of camp in the corner 
Like, like there's all these different strategies which will change multiple ways throughout the level based on your fuel, what ship you're using, who you're playing, if a human has a gun the, or not. The level design. The level two. Right, depending on... <laughs> Raise your hand. You, you're involved. You're who's responsible for the level design? Yeah. <laughs> Would that him. be you? Okay. Nice. Yeah. Very well done, no, sir. It's just interesting because depending on what what ship you have, especially the difference between the normal ships and like the squid that shoots down, you know, depending on the level design, you can really kind of take advantage of certain things and you know defend certain areas where it makes people, it makes it a really bad decision to come after you. Mm-hmm. And you can really put yourself at a big advantage. But one of my biggest things, Shane talked about all that. One of the big things for me is I really like this idea of like a, as low of a ceiling skill wise as possible, right? Like you guys talk about, you jumped in and right away you're having fun. Yeah, but, even my but, little kid would just jump right in. Mm-hmm. But then to, to, to have like a very high ceiling of skill where, where there's a lot of room to continue to get better and learn different strategies and kind of evolve as you become more familiar with all these different things and, components of the game and i that to me that's that's where the real depth is um yeah. as well as all the different ship types which just kind of add to that right it takes you a while to learn all those things and i do out. like that there's like easy normal pro you know like very yeah. cool very very nice and i saw the pro i was like oh that looks kind of like the millennium falcon a little bit i want to play with that i couldn't control it <laughs> yeah. you know once <laughs> i started moving i was like how am i supposed to control this thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looked cool but like i was just dying left and right yeah, I, yeah. I know what you guys mean about arcades. Like they're they're usually just sold on a gimmick, but this one feels almost like, you know, like a console game. Like there's just a lot of depth to it and and complexity. And you know, you can pick the nation you want to like. That that's such a little thing, but yeah. you know, I notice people like like gravitating towards the same countries yep. every time. Like they wanted yeah. to keep picking that country. That's exactly um, what we wanted them to do. Is yeah, identify which country do you want to fly <laughs> for. You know. And yep. the skill level, the high, the high end skill level. You guys are hosting tournaments, right? Or not hosting, but you know your game is featured in tournaments, right? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, didn't you We've just? Uh, are you in the out. middle of a tournament right now? Yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of what we call Cosmo Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dates. Uh, so we are uh, we are running this uh, set of tournaments. Actually, they're kind of pre qualifiers leading up to the Cosmo Olympics. Really. Um, so a number of our kids here in Wisconsin are uh, doing the tournaments, and then winners from those tournaments are being given entry to our local arcade convention, which is called Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, that's coming up here in April, I think, what, the 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that. Mm. Uh, and then there they will meet for the final rounds of the Cosmo Olympics to see who is the uh, best pilot in nice. the Wisconsin region. So. Yeah, now, is there like of, a uh, a medal or a trophy that's being played for? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's actual. We have fluorescent green. If you go on our Facebook, you'll see pictures of it. But these fluorescent green medals, excuse me, um, that you'll know, say like Cosmo Olympics and have symbols on them and stuff like that. But <laughs> you guys are really creative. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, now I was on your Facebook. I think is where I saw it. And uh, one thing that I saw on there was this really cool thing you guys did, where it was like a. You know, you, you were providing little blank sheets of paper and you were encouraging people to draw their levels and you guys would pick a level, like whichever you guys thought would be the best, most interesting level, you were going to implement it into the game. That's awesome. Yep. So can you yes. can you talk to that a little bit more? Yeah, we, yeah. we did that at the Midwest Gaming Classic 2018. And so people could come up to our booth, you know, hang out, play the game. 
um, provided them markers, stuff like that. They draw out their level design and so on. And then uh, what Dave and I did is we, after the show, we sat down and we went through every single one. We discussed them, uh, what was good, what was not so good with some of them, those types of things. And, and then we narrowed it down to two. And then we had a vote on our Facebook page. Uh, we let we put it out to the people, you know, which two. So, so Dave had one that he was arguing for, mm-hmm. and I had one that I was arguing for. And the one that won was called Divide and Conquer. And so we like puns for our, for our map names. Puns are good. Puns are so, good. And it was um, so a map that had a divider in the middle. And one side had, like, lightning and storm. And the other side was, like, a cave with falling stalactites and stuff like that. So the kind of idea, like you can fly, but you can also fly through the middle where there's electricity. So we that's the one. That that. I think we did. Yeah. yeah we would, would that, that level have been in the build that we played? Yep. Yeah. I think we did play that. And that was very yeah. cool. Cause like, we were like, Ooh, do we want to cross over? Like what's going to happen right yeah. in the middle? Yeah, we tried to cross there and it went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. The, that's that's like a great section, way to get yeah. your fans involved, man. Well done. Yeah. That was a really fun. Uh, that was a really fun thing. I mean, it was, it was, you know, quite a bit of work to go through all the submissions. Yeah. But I guess it's how many did you get? Do you remember? Um, it's like fifty. Yeah. Like fifty. Yeah. That's awesome. Now we we only just saw the game, you know, just this past month at the Louisville Arcade Expo. But how long has the game been out? Good question. So in terms of actually been out in public as an arcade product since end of May two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So. Yep. I guess, well, we're, wow, I didn't think about that. We're coming pretty close up on a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And we we first very, like, first started anything with it October 2016 is when we made our first software prototype. Okay, cool. That's not a bad turnaround time at all. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and then it was, what, April 2017 at Midwest Gaming Classic was the first time that we showed it to the public. Really played in public. I mean, we had friends and family and you know some of Shane's students from school play it before that to help us test it out right. um, yep. so if you got something just, here or not yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that was that was a big part of it is kind of iterating you know we started with a really simple product really really simple game to see that it, the mechanics that we thought were cool were gonna work <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and kind of decided from there and just kept I don't know almost um agile type process you know just iterating kind of slowly change making changes and seeing yep this is good this is good nope that wasn't good get it out of there yeah this is good. this is good you know that kind of thing and just continually playing and and, and a lot of play testing and a lot of a lot of input from people it shows it's really tight yeah. it's it's good um it is so is this is cosmotrons your first game yeah it's the first video game that either of us have ever made yep wow nice and what was it built in, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it's built in Game Maker. Oh. All right. Nice. That's what we, we started building our game in. Yeah. I totally expected you to say Unity. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says. We're, 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 uh, we wanted to be different. <laughs> nice. Fuck the system. No. In all reality, it was uh, Shane had started the real early prototype with doing like drag and drop in Game Maker Studio. It wasn't drag and drop. It was a little bit of a little bit of that, There's a little no, bit of code. No drag and drop. <laughs> no drag and drop. Don't you insult me? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of the same way. I was like all about the GML, like learning that it was, code. It was all. It was all one level drop. above drag and drop. <laughs> all all the graphics are like they came with the system, <laughs> the all program. 
so it was it was really quite honestly it was one of those things where uh shane had already got it kind of had something started and it was like well let's just take it from here and go so i don't know how we i don't know how you pick game maker because of drag drop <laughs> it seems well, accessible simple... right you know like if you're yeah, yeah, not... a lot of tutorials like there's it's easier to get in quicker mm-hmm. in terms of to make the prototype quicker and, and to play around with it and so on yeah so, and i mean there's a ton of there's just a ton of videos and, and websites and, mm-hmm. and content for getting started in that and tons of like beginner tutorials and all that stuff so um i, I don't want to give away one of your questions but i think that's one of those things that you know it's a great way to start. Yeah, that and that it was the same way for us because you know none of us were coders, so yeah, you know, we we I, I'm not even sure who found out about Game Maker, but one of us you know found out about it and and just jumped in with that. Yeah. Hey, maybe th- maybe he'll be getting in touch with you guys if he ever wants to get back <laughs> yeah. into it. That has any like questions? You guys clearly got it figured out. Um. So. Cosmotrons, is, is there like a database or anything available, for, uh, like a website that would show where, show people or fans who like want to play this game, where they're located? Similar to like how Killer Queen Arcade has. There sure is. Oh, You can actually go to our website, cosmotronsgame.com. Okay. And there's a link at the top. I believe it says map. And there is an interactive Google map that we do our best to keep updated with where the uh, current Arcades are. And how many would you say there are right now in the wild? It's like close to 20. I don't know. It's like 20 or something like that right now. So there's there's a whole bunch more coming out soon. So the map was, the map's not up to date right now. We're yeah. going to have to keep updating it because we got a lot of cabinets going, going out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I said, you know, we're, we're doing our best to keep it updated, but it does, it, it's, it's starting to get a little hot and heavy here. So it's a good thing that it's a good problem to have. You might right? need yeah. a third person to start keeping up with all that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it, it does become a little bit like, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that if you see a machine on there, that it's actually where it says it is. Cause yeah. that would really stink. Oh, they go yeah. on, go play, go, go somewhere to play a machine and it's not there. And the one thing that the maps is kind of neat about the map is the map shows which cabinet type is at that location because we have the two different cabinet styles we have the woody style which is what you guys played on yeah. and then we also have the deluxotron which is our more deluxe higher end cabinet so the map shows where uh what's at what's at that location now is there is there an enhancement to like are there more there wouldn't be more players like is there any difference in the game itself nope yeah okay. so the software is the same okay software exactly the same it's just a different style um there's maybe some more like, you know, fancy features on the Deluxotron and it's a little more, it's, it's a, it's actually made out of fiberglass, the whole shell. Um, the control panel is stainless steel. Um, the newer versions have, uh, cutouts of all the kind of labeling in our, our Cosmotron's logo. And then they're, they're lit from the underside so you can see them in a darker arcade or bar. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Nice yeah. touch. It looks nice pretty like, well, yeah. I haven't actually got to see it in person yet, but yeah, I've seen some. If you go to but trust uh, us, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has. He has. Um, it's actually going to be kind of cool. I mean, for me, I I haven't I haven't seen the wood machine in person yet. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So um, MGC, I'll be seeing our our latest fiberglass version and our latest or, and the wood machine. It's for funny. the first time. I didn't think about. That. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> 
other people are seeing it before me. Um, okay, so this is going to lead to a question that, you know, I'm probably going to be disappointed in the answer, but maybe I won't. Is it possible? Because Nick and I over here, we're like console gamers. Uh, I, you know, I'll game a little bit on Steam, but I'm primarily console. Is there a chance we'll see this on your PlayStations, your Xbox, your Switch, even Steam? I'll even accept Steam. <laughs> so, so at some point, we do want to do a home re- release at some point. And it's, it's funny that you earlier said it feels like it has the depth of a console game. Because mm-hmm. when we originally designed it, yes, we designed it to be in my house. But then once we were like, okay, maybe we could release this to the public, make a business out of this. Then it was like, okay, we'll release it for console. So then we were developing for console for about three months. At least. <laughs> and, and then, yeah. and then it, we showed it to the public, and the public was like, oh, we want this arcade product. We, we had a lot of different arcades you know how much does that cost we want one for our kid because we showed so, it our, our deluxotron cabinet yeah we that's when we showed it at mgc we showed it in that cabinet and um so a lot of people thought it was a arcade product where that partly was our marketing piece even though it is now our cabinet but anyway mm-hmm. so back to your question it at some point yes we want to do a home release when will that be i don't know it, it will be our exclusive for a significant amount of more time mm-hmm. a big part of that reason why is to of course respect our clients that are, are buying these cabinets and keep it exclusive for them yeah, uh, another, big part, another big part is we have one programmer so <laughs> i guess it would be unfair because consoles kind of did drive arcades out of business to begin with <laughs> so you know so but so what you're saying is like 2020 2021 maybe <laughs> look for it I'm going to put a date on it. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough, guys. I, that's kind of what I, the answer I expected to get. Uh, but it, I think it will do gangbusters on you know, like consoles if it ever were to, especially on something like a Switch that's just multiplayer friendly anyway to begin with. Yeah, so. I think the Switch is definitely a very good platform. And I mean, yeah, we, like I said, we, we'd really like to, but there is some amount of wanting to respect the, the client. Right. tell that are buying our machines now. I didn't now. think of that. That's a great point. So, I was just selfishly wanting one for the console. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, one, another question that I had was, and this, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this answer. Um, so, I have an eight-year-old who's very interested in video games and how video games are made. Um, what advice would you give him uh, as far as, like, what, what would he need to do? Like, what kind of things does he need to study? Uh, what, what are, where's a good starting spot? if he wanted to get into making games my biggest advice for anybody no matter their age they want to get into game design is to just make something get started on something actually try making something whatever language you know whatever your programming skills wherever they're at just make something and a big thing about game design is a lot of people they they want to get in they want to start making games um so they'll go make something but they don't understand what is fun they've played games of course but like read a book about Game design. Read something about game design. There is a theory to game design. What makes games fun? Um, what you know, like you're designing it for the player. It's not for you. So, and then now in terms of like for your example, your son that's eight years old, Scratch. I highly recommend. Have you uh, are you familiar with Scratch by MIT? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no. Can you tell us a little Scratch bit about that? Scratch is awesome. Uh, we've done it in my school. With, uh, the students do it. Uh, it's free. You just just Google search Scratch. And you can make games on Scratch. You can play games that other people made on Scratch. You can modify the games that other people made on Scratch. And um, I think 
I think it's only drag and drop, but you're still typing in variables. You're still doing a lot of other type stuff, but that's awesome to under, start understanding the organization of a program. What's a sprite? How do these things interact? And just the rules and, and calling out, I don't know, just variables and that kind of stuff. But then yep. um, I think once, once somebody is pretty good at scratch type stuff, then I think then they should move into considering like game maker or unity type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I said it before and I said, I was kind of giving away your question, right? Here's <laughs> a really good starting point because there are, there's a ton of videos, you know, and you can, I think a good place to start would even be to um, they game maker themselves have all these official tutorials that are, um, you know, make an asteroids game, follow the tutorial and then be like, okay, but now I want asteroids with burning trash cans that I shoot or something. I don't know. Change it. Um, right. Yeah, one of the hack, other th- hack the I, game, right? <laughs> yeah, like hack it, change it the way that you want it. Um, one of the other things that I just, I've been actually, I read this book and I forget what the book was called, but I, I'm going to, turn the concept into something PC, but they basically talk about crappy first drafts. And the idea is, is that basically anytime you're stuck with a large task and making a game's a large task, you, you procrastinate and you don't get started because you feel like you need to have something worth making or whatever you, you, you need this perfect idea. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, is like, just literally start doing anything. Yeah. Make a crappy first draft. Don't show anybody if you don't want to, it's okay. <laughs> just start with something. And, and all of a sudden, you're the, you kind of start going, oh, right. And your, your idea starts to shape in your head just because you started that crappy first draft. And I think that applies to more than making games, right? It applies to writing a blog article or, yeah. or making a YouTube video. Sometimes you just have to start the process. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things um, that they talked about in there was that, you know, sometimes you, you need that motivation and you're always looking for motivation and you, you think that um, – you're looking for what sparks that, right? And sometimes that crap first draft can spark the motivation that gets you where you need to go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was good advice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. As content, cre- as a content creator, certainly not the type of content that you're creating, but uh, I, I can definitely relate to that because, you know, yeah. like I had no, no idea anything about cameras or sound and engineering or anything like that. But I was like, Hey Nick, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully right. he was like, yeah, you go, let's, I'll do it with you. And uh, we, you know, we've had a great time and just have yeah. fun with it. And uh, hopefully if you're lucky, like you guys, people are going to buy into it and it'll just get, you know, run away, be a runaway success. Um, so th- I spoke to my eight-year-old son. Uh, now I'm going to speak to like Nick and I like, it, I know Game Maker, you're saying like you're, you're advocating for Game Maker. It's pretty good piece of program, piece of software to make a game in. Is there, would you, knowing what you know now about Game Maker, would you still go with Game Maker first or would you invest in something more like Unity? We've we've actually talked about that quite a bit. Um, I know it's kind of a hard question. It is a hard question. And, and actually, and, and maybe this is influenced a little bit by, maybe I'm biased because of the things that have been happening recently to me, but... One of the things we considered is I I talked to other people and you're right a lot of people are like I'm using Unity right and I go okay well what's the catch what like what what are the what are the everybody talks about what's great what what are the downfalls yeah and one of the things I I hear from people is that they run into issues where a new version of Unity comes out and all of a sudden the gravity is being calculated completely differently and their whole game works differently now mm-hmm. and it's like because I mean especially like that that hits me straight to you know the heart almost because our game is 
based on gravity. Yeah. If, if big gravity works changes, all of a sudden our game is thrown completely off balance. Um, so those kind of things are scary to me. I hear that sometimes that happens in Unity. Now, on the flip side, I will say we've been having issues with Game Maker, and we've had a release that we've been wanting to push out, and for like two months, it's been ready. It's been a while. I think it's been ready for almost two months. And unfortunately, um, there's issues with the Linux builds in uh, in Game Maker right now, um, and I haven't been able to get around that. So, and that's happened twice. And this is the second time that I haven't been able to push a release so, because there's, from a business perspective, that's very. It's very, very frustrating. Now, Game Maker, yes. I mean, it, there's many great things about the product, but as a, as a business, this is it hurts our clients in terms of if if they're losing coin drop based on something that we need to fix, but mm. we can't fix out because the Linux build doesn't work because it's something that you know, Game Maker, let's say, yeah, the new yeah. runtime has got a bug, so it's usually what it is. Now, would so, you guys push an update over the internet to these operators if you have a new update? Is that how that would yep. work? That's how it works, yep. Okay. So each machine has a, a Wi-Fi adapter in it, and then they hook the machine up to the internet, and then Dave, of course, it, this is a lot of the coding that he had to do. Is um, So when he does his do 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 kind of stuff, it sends the update. That's what I say when I do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it sends the update to the machine. When the machine restarts, it automatically pulls it. Mm-hmm. Made me think of Pee Wee Herman. Actually, do it, do it, do it. Oh yeah, the the what was his name? Profe- the wizard? Yeah, I'm gonna do. No, that was Bozo, right? Not Bozo from the Bozo show. Oh, oh what? Oh, it, maybe it was. <laughs> I don't. know. Sorry, we got off on a tangent. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I imagine when you're making that update available, you probably would be a little tight, <laughs> like before you give it that green light. Yeah, so far we've had um, we've had really good success. I mean, there's really been no issues uh, with updates like not working or you know major issues. Um, we've had a couple of little bugs here or there that we've fixed, but most of it has been new content. You know, just uh, balances to the game, uh, divide and conquer coming out. That was through a content push. Um, so we've done I, I don't know exactly how many, but we've done a number of updates since um, you know May or whatever that was when the first arcade hit the floor. Well, thanks for answering that for me. I I didn't want to be too, pers- too too pervasive, get behind too much the curtain, asking that question. But uh, I, I'm no, just curious, you know, as like somebody who could a, potentially maybe get back into the into the game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a selling point, right, yeah, to both yeah. operators and the people that are playing it. You guys know that you know we're going to continue to make small fixes, add maybe some features here or there. I don't know exactly what the future is for what what we all. <laughs> pushing updates but you know we have been actively continuing to develop the game it's not like we um you know made the game and just stopped working on it as soon as it was selling right we want to keep supporting the game and um, well it's like a platform almost like think about minecraft you know they just keep selling that game they they (laughs) add little like features here and there like little packs little outfits and stuff you guys can just add new ships new levels you can just keep selling this game you know, just updates to this game and keep pushing the same game. It's like, it's really, it's a great idea. It just keeps evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, you don't have to like, just have a, you know, sell all your copies of a game in like a year. And then you're like, okay, now that four year gaming cycle is over. Now we got to think about the new thing. You guys can, you know, you have a successful thing. Like just keep iterating on top of what you already have. 
So yeah, and I mean, some of it too is you know, um, there's not a lot of other people doing this, right? You guys mentioned Killer Queen. You guys mentioned uh, yep. Skycruiser. There's some other guys like Galactic Battleground and some other folks, um, but there's not a lot of stuff to look at in the modern age to to model what we needed to do. So there's lessons we've learned from games being out there and operators going, hey, this would be a cool feature. Could you add that? And we go, yeah, of course we could. Mm-hmm. And we've pushed updates for operator, you know, settings that maybe you guys wouldn't see as a consumer necessarily, but, um, you know, things that operators go, hey, if this feature was in here, it would, it'd be really cool, you know, and help us uh, push the settings. game more, different settings, stuff like that. So have um, any other developers reached out to you guys and just kind of like give you the thumbs up, like kudos guys, you know, like this, you guys are really onto something or have you reached out to other, you know, developers like the people who made, you know, Killer Queen since you're in the same hemisphere as far as like, you know, being in a barcade, have you, has anything like that happened? Well, one thing that's kind of cool is like a lot of these different shows that we go to, like different arcade shows, a lot of times that we'll, we'll cross paths or be at the same show. And um, it's a pretty, it's, I don't want to say like tight knit group or something like that, but we're all uh, kind of like buds in terms of we'll share uh, ideas, thoughts, um, I don't know, things that we've learned and, or hang out at a, like, for example, hung out with some of the guys at like a, um, a bar, uh, hung out at a bar after a, a show or something like that, hanging out. And um, one of the guys I had, he had, uh, he was in for MGC. I had him, he stayed at my house uh, for one of the nights. Um, cool. So we've done stuff like that. Um, have you, you know, they say you never should meet your heroes, but have you guys, you know, now that you have this successful game, it's getting more successful, have you been able to meet any of your heroes due to the success of this game, Being getting out there with your, you know, all the different shows that you've gone to? Yeah, we've yeah. met. We've met a lot. You ready for the list? <laughs> I, I would love to hear some of the people. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Lee. He he created. He was involved with Cubert. Nice. So we got got to meet with him and hang out with him multiple times. Very nice guy. He's he's in Chicago area. Brian Colon. He created Rampage, General Chaos, Arch Rivals, uh, all those games, uh, which Dave and I played the crap out of uh, back in the day. I know Dave was a big Chaos yeah. guy. I loved Rampage. Um, Eugene Jarvis, he's the owner of Roth Thrills, which is like one of the bigger arcade companies right now. Hmm. But he he made Robotron and Defender, Smash TV, Cruising USA. He was involved in. Love Smash TV. So, so, I mean, here's, I'm trying to, um, Space Duel. We talked with Owen Rubin. Owen Rubin made Space Duel and Major Havoc. Yeah, that was cool. Like we, we we were at a show and he literally was like, we're talking about stuff and, you know, we're just talking, we're just talking shop, you know, it was really, it was really a chill conversation. And, you know, we got to talking about something and he's like, oh yeah, he's like, come here, I'll show you. And he takes us over to that major havoc machine at the show. And he's like playing through the game and he's showing us like, yeah, see how, when we design this in here, like this is the idle animation, but the idle animation changes depending on this and that. He's like showing us all these little things that I would have never known necessarily. I mean, I, I, you know, the game is fun and all, but I didn't know all these little tiny details. Yeah. And, you know, just talking about, like, things that they went through in the development process. And, you know, it was it was much different back then, right? You, you had these limitations you worked around. And Major then, limitations, you know, yeah. Yeah, and then you, you get down to the end and you went, hey, we got we got a little bit of space left. What what can we throw in? To, <laughs> Isn't that you know, amazing? <laughs> left, you know? Might as well and they utilize. squeeze every last bit. And they did. Oh, yeah. They squeezed every last bit out of, out of that hardware that they could. And... Uh, it, it was really cool. It, that was a cool one. 
it's, there was actually a whole group of guys from Atari that we met. Yeah, um, there's more people. Definitely more that people day, there was like three or four of them that that Owen was kind of, you know, he had a kind of crew with him. So I mean, like, like just try and picture that. We obviously were Atari fans, and I I collect Atari machines in my house. Nice, um, nice. And there's inspirations like the color vector thing, obviously, and like so this gentleman that worked back in Atari at their heyday comes up and is admiring and and appreciating our product and really giving us a lot of compliments. That Dude, I would have cried. <laughs> it felt very special. Yeah. And then, for example, um, with Brian Colon, yeah. he came out and drove to an event just to meet us and give us some feedback on our game. This was pretty early on. So we have things in our game that's been inspired due to his game design. For example, the noob's shield, so the, the ship, that noob ship, mm-hmm. when you're flying around, has the green box around it. I need that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his idea was that the shield should regenerate. We used to have it where it just disappears. You got one. You got one for life. Mm. Comes back. A big thing that he suggested too, which I love, uh, the map voting, is he said let the player choose where they want to play instead of forcing them, let's say, into a harder map, and then they're frustrated that they're dying on this harder map. But if they choose the harder map and they're dying and crashing on it. It's on them. It's their choice. Yeah, yeah that's their... a good. That's a good point. I didn't yeah. think to bring that up. Yeah, you could actually vote, like you know, which map you wanted to play on. So that was another nice touch. Yeah, that was fun. That had to just make you guys like it had to affirm everything that you guys were like. If you had any doubts, they're just oh, washed definitely. away after something like that happening. I mean, I I I don't know if they ever wash away completely. <laughs> You know, I, I guess you, you always kind of wonder what the reception is going to be or what the success will eventually be. Yeah. But it definitely, yeah. I mean, hearing from people like that to have the nice things they had to say, the you know, to, to come out to an event. Like Shane said, I mean, he, he legitimately came to this event, this convention, talked with us, recorded an interview, and left. And, and that was it. Like, he came there specifically to see us, and then that was it. He left. Very, uh, very cool. I was like, yeah, oh, cool. Andy signed your arcade machine. Yeah, I, so I, I had a, <laughs> so a short story here. I, I bought a Rampage arcade machine just for this event because I knew that he was coming out. So <laughs> we trailed out my Cos- our, our Cosmotron's machine, and then I trailered out the Rampage machine. So at the end of, of him kind of hanging out and talking with us, um, I said, hey, Brian, there's one more thing I need you to do. So then we went out and opened up the trailer, and he sees it's like beautiful condition Rampage oh, machine. Perfect condition. And, you know, that was, that was cool. That was he was floored. He was like, "This, look at this thing. <laughs> Where did you find this? Yeah. 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 build this. <laughs> it, it was, it, it's been awesome. I mean, like like you say, we've, we've met a lot of cool people, so that, that has been a lot of fun. I wonder, too, if, like, there's been enough distance between their heyday and now. Uh, Retro is such a huge thing nowadays, and there's an appreciation for what they do, that aesthetic. And maybe they just enjoy the attention again, you know? Maybe they've just been irrelevant for years, and now, you know, like, there's this new generation coming through, and they're, like, really appreciating, like, all of their, you know, just what they did. Just kind of taking, like, that style. So much of what the, all those people design, I mean, it's it's the core of what's out there for games now. A lot of those mechanics and the, the humor, yeah. the art, the what works in arcade setting, what what is good game design, they were the pioneers of that industry. Mm. And, I, I mean, the people that, like us, our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, um, that's their childhood. You know, those those 
those programmers, artists, game designers, they created a lot of our childhoods. Okay, guys. Um, one other like little small question. Uh, I see you guys are wearing like cool Cosmotrons t-shirts. Do you, do you have a place for merch? Because I, I can't afford a cabinet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if I were to pull all my friends together and like try to get one, I could never buy a cabinet. But I would mind, wouldn't mind rocking like a shirt of your all's. Sure. So in terms of um, merch, I think the only thing we, the only thing right now that we actually sell would be shirts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, people can contact us directly through email if they want a shirt. And our email is gamers at arcadeaholics.com. Um, but we do have some swag as well. And because you invited us to be on your show, we have a couple things for you. Well, let's show you a couple things here. Want to show those off? Yeah, sure. So we've got here some, uh, well, I guess you can use them for whatever you want, but we, we they're fancy uh, coasters. Oh, nice. Oh, cool, yeah. But they're actually acrylic, and they're etched, and they have, this is the fighter ship. Yeah, that's I'm not beautiful. Sure how, okay, and... Uh, We've got a couple different ships we'll send you. I, I don't know. Are we going to send them a whole set? We've got all the ships. Nice. The beast. Nice. I think this one is the recruit. Oh, cool, man. I like that a lot. That'll so look I'll good. Send... I'll, I'll, I'll keep it on the uh, desk here for Heck when we're yeah. recording shows. Also going to send you, we have Cosmotron's training car. Oh, my God. Logan would love that. <laughs> no, that's too <laughs> much. Here's the noob ship. So, like, this uh, is what you guys sound like we're flying. So yeah. you got, like, the specs on there and stuff That's like that. That's my ship, so, man. <laughs> we'll send you, I'm taking we'll that send one you all the way to the championship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you three sets of these for you two guys and then your son. Oh, and that's then, very, uh, very kind of you. Thank yeah. you. Of course, some Cosmotron stickers wherever you would like to place them. Sweet. That's cool. Awesome. Um, okay, well, that pretty much wraps up those questions. Now, I do have a, a segment that I like to call, like, Get to Know the Gamer. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about some inspirations and in games that you guys dig, but what I'd like to do is, and for each of you, I'd like to get both of your answers. Um, I just have a few questions that I ask our interviewees. Uh, like, what was the first arcade cabinet you remember playing? Yeah, so for, for me, I can remember. I can still picture it. Pole position, uh, cockpit. So the sit-down mm. one, um, I don't, I think I could just, like, barely reach the pedals or something like that, and I've been a like interested in driving my entire life, love cars, cars, cars. And nice. I just remember seeing that thing and the hard seat and the glowing, you know, colors and just that was a <laughs> good one. Over the place. <laughs> you know, you, I've, been, I've been thinking about this question since you sent those. And <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't have as vivid of a memory of what the first one was. I, I want to say, I think it was a Donkey Kong because I, 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 I have mm-hmm. such burned into my brain memories of that game where I couldn't even beat the first level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't even barely get up. It's I, you hard, know, yeah. It is hard. Without dying, it's, you know, all the time. So I want to say it was Donkey Kong. Now, speaking of pole position, do you guys remember that game Hard Driving or Race Driving? So you... here's the funny story is I just had two of those in my garage. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> race Driving was of, one of my favorite all-time of... games. And I, <laughs> to this... Ever since I played that game, I knew uh, for my whole life, I'm going to drive a, a manual transmission forever because I had so much fun playing that game. Nice. It is, it is an excellent driving racing game. And then uh, are you familiar with like the PC knockoff versions? Like no. I think it's called uh-uh. Stunt Racer. So yeah. that's something that Dave and I, it's funny that we, we later uh, talked about this, but there's a, a PC ripoff version 
of of hard driving. It's called like Stunt Racer, and there's another yeah. one too. But you Stunt. can actually like design your own track. Like so, this is like yeah. DOS, you know, like early '90s. Yeah, it's a pretty advanced game. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, you know, it was back in that era of computers when they still had a turbo button on them. And, <laughs> You could design like your own loops and you know all that in your in your track and then and then go and race on it. Obviously, it was yeah. Awesome. I was probably trying to make do with the Genesis version. Yeah, <laughs> which was fine. Um. Okay. Uh, do you remember uh, or not? You remember what? What's your all-time favorite arcade? I know that's tricky. My vintage. So I'll give you two. My okay. vintage one. I I always. Kind of go back to Donkey Kong Three. It's kind of a weird wow. kind of a Kong Three. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the best out of all three Donkey Kongs. Ooh, controversial. I, I really do. Um, I, I won't go into depth in terms of why, but very good game. Love it, and I know it's kind of the bastard child of like you know like the the, the Donkey Kong series and Nintendo in general. Um, but otherwise, like in terms of yeah, games that. Really, arcade games that really, really affected me. I would. I mean, there's quite a few, but I would definitely say Street Fighter. And and the first one or Street not? Fighter no, not the first one. Not the first one at all. But Fighter Two. Okay. Uh, then the Alpha series, Street Fighter versus X Men. You know, it's a, kind of that 92 to 96 ish. Those yeah. Street Fighters, definitely like Street Fighter Two Champion Edition. Uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, yeah, Street Fighter 2 was for sure an awakening for, you know, like that second wave that arcades desperately needed. Yeah. What about and you, I, Dave? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, you had another one. No, I, I just want to point out that in Cosmotrons, there really is a, a good amount of influence from Street Fighter, just in terms of the feeling of it, and then the idea of all those ships kind of feel different. So, like, mm. for example, there's a ship called the Fighter, and the fighter is that kind of normal, average type ship. That's kind of like Ryu from Street Fighter. Mm, okay. And then there's the Beast that you said you had a hard time handling. Kind of big, thicker. Yeah. Like Zangief. Yeah, and then you got the different nationalities. Japan. <laughs> 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 that's interesting. That's that's a cool pull. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so for me... Um... You know, Cosmotrons. Yeah. yeah. Cosmotrons. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's yeah. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's sort of cliche, but what, what I always I'm drawn to and I, I just can't stop playing is, is Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. I, yeah. I just, I really enjoy them. I don't know what it is. Like I said, it's super cliche because it's the obvious choice, but I, I, it's I like it. It's a cliche for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as far as a couple other games, I I, I Echo what Shane said. I Street Fighter was obviously a huge influence on on me. I played it a lot. I was never good at it, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I played a lot. Um, and actually, lately, you know, kind of there's a lot of games that I was exposed to just from Shane having his collection. And he's he's a pretty good. He makes good choices. Um, <laughs> so there's some games like Rescue um, oh, that's that one. that I I don't know that I had ever played before, but um, I find that game really fun. And again, it it, it goes back. I like these games where there's like you know, a high skill level and, mm -hmm. and, and the way that I play the game matters, right? It's not like random chance or like things like that. Like I'm, I'm not real big into games where um, they're meant to just take your money. Yeah. Right? Just quarter money. Yeah. I want to be able to actually feel like I'm, I'm good at the game and what I'm doing is making a difference. That was like a big deal with street fighter because if you had the skill level and there was like a constant group of people, you could just keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, you could keep going. I was never that guy, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> we were okay, but you know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next question for you guys. Uh, what was your first home gaming console? I know you guys were like primarily PC gamers, so maybe this isn't gonna, you know, necessarily. Actually, so for me, when when I was younger, um, I, I I had all the consoles really, um, probably much after they first came out, but. Um, I had home consoles, I guess, all the way really back to Commodore 64. I had one of those. Hmm. Um, and from there, I went, you know, I had an NES. Um, and then at some point, I had a Super Nintendo, a Sega, a PlayStation, all the way up from there. Um, I think I skipped a few. Like, I, I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't have an N64. Um, although I would rent the N64 from the local uh, video game place with yeah, Golden. Yeah. When that was a thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take one of those home for the, for the weekend or whatever. Um so yeah, probably the first I guess really was NES. Okay. First first home console for me, um, beautiful wood grained Atari oh, six hundred. Give it to me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that seventies wood grain. Oh, yeah. Just ubiquitous with everybody's basement. <laughs> like you just blend it right in. I only wish they had shag carpet controllers. <laughs> we played it we played it on one of those wood cabinet TVs too, of yeah. course. And Asteroids, man. I, it's funny because Asteroids is one of the first games I remember playing. But then the NES, you know, like the NES, of course. Yeah, of course. Is what's big, too, for me. Um, do you have a favorite home console and, and game for that console? So, so for me, um, I'm going to modify that a little bit and say PC is when I, I've always played lots of video games since I was young. Mm-hmm. I always played lots of video games, but once I got to PC in, in the kind of like mid late nineties, a little bit more, that's when I really got into it um, more than I should have. Return to Castle Wolfenstein from two thousand two. Oh, yes, multiplayer on that. I that will, is a PC game that I played actually. I I feel like there's, man. I just when new games come out, I'm like, but it just doesn't doesn't feel like this. You know, like the the different classes, and then Dave and I, Battlefield two is another one. So I, I personally didn't care for too many of the ones that came after, but there's just something about those two games, the class-based, team-based, like you need a team. Um, it's like required. You have to have teamwork. Uh, that's Those two games are huge for me. But then in terms of console, Super Nintendo and NES were huge for me, and then Mega Man definitely was really big, big, huge Mega Man fan, Mario 3. As oh well. yeah, Mario Three, huge. Yeah. What about you, Dave? So I, I, I struggled. My my initial answer, I'll tell you, was Super Nintendo. I I just think there were so many amazing games for that. I was a huge Super Metroid fan. Huge. I loved Zelda. You know, uh, Link to the Past, um, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country. All these games on on Super Nintendo. But then when I really started thinking about it more, I, I think I really had to go with the with the first PlayStation. And I think that maybe part of that was it was the time in my life that I really started spending too much time playing video <laughs> games. And and when I really look at what influences what I like in games right now, that was the start of it. Um, playing Twisted Metal local multiplayer with my friends and shooting car rockets at each other and, you know, destroying each other with these crazy cars. I mean, I love cars, and, and I love talking trash with my friends. And 
And that I've that, had some GoldenEye moments with that yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was another one, right? You know, N64 with GoldenEye. Um, those games really have a big impact on me and what I like now. So I, I think that's what I would have to go with is, is probably that Twisted Metal era, the Twisted Metal 1 and 2. Um, man, we played all night long till stupid hours in the morning. Yeah. And, and still to this day, I mean, that was a huge influence on Cosmotrons. It was, and I think you guys will see it right away, right? That getting people together, the couch multiplayer idea, but you're I standing miss that, at, man. Just, people we, are abandoning we, that. We did too. And that's what we felt like. We felt like, you know, not enough people are doing justice to that thing, that social part of gaming where you're actually with your friends and rubbing elbows and talking trash. And, um, that experience yelling at each other and you know that's the talking and, uh, trash i don't mind it's this anonymous yeah. trash talking that just <laughs> that's, when you you know you get the keyboard bullies and that's no fun the keyboard yeah. bullies yes uh real quick then uh playstation classic uh quick thoughts on that yeah you know actually i don't i don't have one okay. i i you'd think i would but um right now i've just as shane said before i have so little time for consuming yeah. video games uh, as of late, that um, that I don't have one of those. Well, hold on now. I got to back up to Mega Man. All right, so Mega Man two or three, Ooh. which is better? Good question. Uh, very good question. Easy choice for me, Mega Man two. That's the right choice. That's the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mega Man but three, continue. of course, awesome. But Mega Man two definitely uh, all around, especially the music on both yeah. is amazing. But yeah. the music on two, oh. Yeah, three is excellent, but two is correct. I like and the I, slide. The slide is great. Yes. The slide's great. And yeah. Rush is good for sure, but I don't know. Something about two just does it for me. The uh, Mega Buster is, is, I love the Mega Buster because it introduced it in four, but yeah. like five, I played five a lot. Um, so in Cosmotrons, we have a special weapon called the Cosmo Buster. <laughs> and. <laughs> And in your ship, when you hold shoot, you have to hold shoot for about two seconds to charge it up, and then you release shoot. It shoots, and it there's some there's some influence there. Next time you play, you'll notice the influences. Nice. Yeah. There's there's other ones. If you pay attention, you'll see them. Yeah. Well, I, I love picking your all's brain on this. This is cool. Like you're right. I'm I mean, it's still fresh in my mind playing the game. So like I can totally see all these influences, and I think they're right on. Um, this is kind of a weird question, I guess. Uh, what's your favorite game character, Sprite? Like, you know, the Pac-Man or the Galaga ship or Mega Man, etc. Like, what, what would you all, like, if you're going to get a tattoo or something, what would you put on there? <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say for me, I kind of, my first thought goes to Mega Man. Just because of how influential those games were on my life back then. And, like, Mega Man 2, just how much I played that, and Mega Man 5. And just like how he <laughs> runs, yeah. hilarious, and uh, I just I don't know I I really like that sprite. And I love the, the character blinks. Yeah, mm -hmm. and how he bl yeah the blinking and yeah, very cool choice. So I don't know that I'm gonna get any tattoos of them, but uh, <laughs> I I really I I really like the I don't know if you guys ever played General Chaos, but. The art I, I can that, recall the artwork for it. Yeah, it's, it's it's satirical, and I enjoy that kind of thing. And uh, I just I really like the kind of the comedy that comes out in the characters and the way that they were. And to me, 
going back to general chaos and maybe it's just nostalgia speaking but it the those generals kind of talking in the load screens and they're you know talking trash to each other and uh those guys i, I really like the artwork in that game i thought it was awesome i love the obscure answer that's good i mean mega man's respect you know i love mega man too but that's cool i like getting both both answers was, now was that a Sega Genesis game or was that on multiple systems? Yeah, it was it was actually it was a Genesis game and it was the first Genesis game to use a four player adapter. Oh, cool. A little bit of trivia. Nice. Wow. And I have a signed copy from Brian. <laughs> cool. I had a I had a complete in box copy and uh one of the last times I saw Brian he signed it for me, so that was pretty awesome. No, I love the Genesis, like they're easier to collect those complete in boxes because they actually thought ahead and made the boxes a little more durable. Yeah, unlike yep. NES or you know Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, like they're they're just made to be thrown out. Yeah, which is a shame because I love looking at box art. Mm-hmm. Such a big part of the uh, experience for me. Well, yeah. what's interesting, I mean, think about it. Like back in the day, you go to a store. That's how you knew about the game was from still images and then in magazines too. But you're just reading and looking at reading like, the back of the box. This is, this is how yeah. you know about the game. Yeah. Instead of now, like man, like you can watch a whole playthrough on a game and like know know pretty quickly if you're gonna like something or not. Yeah. Right. You know, actually, both, talking- it's great both ways. Like it's nice to have that sometimes when you're spending sixty yeah. bucks on a game. But like there was that one Super Nintendo game that was like the old man with the banjo, like sitting on a porch. Yeah, what yeah. were they thinking in that game? <laughs> like who's gonna look at that? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a shooter. It was like yeah. a shoot 'em up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Weird box art. <laughs> um, so my final question for the get to know the gamer, um, and this could be really abstract. I mean, really, um, who are some of your biggest creative inspirations? Like, you know, it could be anything. It could be musical, uh, movies. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the gaming, you know, purview. But what, who are some, ins- you know, inspirations for you guys? In terms of creative inspirations, um, being a car guy my entire life, like I took a lot of inspirations from some of the different design studios and car designers. And like an example of that, like Pininfarina, uh, Ferrari, just how beautiful some of those cars are and the, the elegant design. And like form follows function. So when we designed our arcade cabinet that was something that was important to me in terms of when we designed our deluxotron that like every single bit on there should be functional there should be no flat extra flashy kind of business or scoops or whatever mm-hmm. so like that was part of it it does look it t- like a race car a little bit <laughs> it's nice <laughs> uh yeah like smooth or mm-hmm. kind of organic curvaceous and then in terms of like game design type stuff uh definitely mentioned like brian colin um Miyamoto huge like just in terms of so many of of his games um the Mario series and just like the idea of when you anytime you're going to release something it should somehow be different like there's no point of you made Mario one uh you shouldn't make it again even though even though they kind of (laughs) did right as far as we knew they didn't (laughs) right 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 doki doki panic and all that um but like going from well, you look at Mario sixty four mm-hmm. to um, Mario Sunshine. Like you can't just redo Mario sixty four. You yeah, got to change yeah. up something. You got to change the mechanic. It's not just graphical changes. It's make it somehow fun. Uh, just all kinds of different things with Miyamoto. Um, it blows my mind in terms of 
it's I don't know. It's like a philosophy. Yeah. Well, well said, man. Well said. Yeah. As a, as a, like a level designer, I mean, you cannot have a greater inspiration than Miyamoto. I mean, guy's a legend. What about you, Dave? So I guess, you know, when I struggled to answer this question, but, uh, I went, so I went somewhere completely different than game design. Um, that's cool. And I, so when I was younger, I actually played, I played bass guitar through, throughout high school. And, um, one of the, one of the people that I super looked up to was Flea. Um, I just thought, you know, he's like this crazy off the wall guy that you looking at a picture of him, you jamming in his underwear. Yeah. Like the guy's (laughs) jamming in his underwear on the stage and you're like, what the heck? Right. But he's super talented. The guy is ridiculous amount of talent. And, um, I think it just kind of goes to show like that, you know, anybody that puts the effort in and has that drive, um, you can take yourself wherever you want to go, which I just thought, you know, it's kind of, it it is inspirational. And, um, chili peppers are actually one of my favorite bands to this day. Um, I just, they make really good music. So I like them a lot, but yeah, of course, I mean, there's been so many, we talked about it already. There's been so many video games that have influenced my life. And I mean, um, you know, even like you say, all the way back to Nintendo and, and every Nintendo system has kind of a special place somewhere in my heart, Yeah. <laughs> you know, even now playing Wii U with my, with my kids, um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool to enjoy a game with, with kids. Like you said, you got an eight year old yeah. and, you know, to be able to play one game and, and as an adult, you're having fun, but they're still capable of, you know, working through the game with you and playing, um, pretty yeah, awesome. Definitely. And he's very open to the classics too, which is cool. Yeah, that's he loves cool. Fortnite, but you know he he, he <laughs> yeah. will play the Mario games and stuff as well. It's funny how they don't have that thirst for the graphics. They're still kind of they like pure at heart. Like as, as long point. as the game's fun, yeah, yeah. they don't care. They don't know any They're, different. Yeah, they don't just know play anything. It's, it's a game. They're just having fun. fun. Is it, they don't play it. So yeah, yeah. they'll come running home from school. Uh, you know, like maybe they had a game in like a STEM type class and. It's just some free Java game that he was playing on his computer. And he's like, can we get this? Is that on Switch? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, probably not. But we can look. <laughs> All right. Nice. Cool. All right. So uh, let's have a little bit of fun now with our five questions game. Um, this is multiple choice. You guys have no idea what's coming. But I did try to tailor it to your all's. Ta- try to tailor it to you. I, I tried doing a little bit of research on you guys. Based on, you know, things that I could look up on you all. <laughs> and it's not super specific to you individually, but you'll, you'll kind of get the picture when I start this game. So uh, you can confer with one another. You don't have to shout right out. You can see, you know, how you want to answer. One answer. One, one answer. Yep. One answer. It's multiple choice. And it, it's kind of like who wants to be a millionaire. And you'll even, you'll have some familiar musical cues probably too, if you've ever watched that show. <laughs> all right. So you guys ready? Yeah. Our last guest okay. got three out of five there, correct. <laughs> so there is a right or wrong answer. There is absolutely a right or wrong. These are okay. these are researched, and you know I I do the best of my I can. You know I try not to just simply go by wiki, but there there are correct answers. And I ran these by Nick, and I don't I'm not I don't think that any of these are incorrect. You you can for sure debate me on it if you feel like it's wrong. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know they they there are right answers. So okay. One one correct answer, three incorrect answers. So, ready? Ready. All right, let's let the games begin. All right, so question number one. Cosmotrons is a four-player multiplayer arcade game. Which of these other arcades is not four players? Is it A, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade. B, The Simpsons Arcade. C, NBA Jam. Or D, Smash TV. Do we get a lifeline? I'm sorry, you do not get a lifeline. <laughs> and no no Google on the phone. I'm just kidding. I think we got the answer to this one. Yeah, that's that's a easy easy question. Easy questions. Uh, D Smash TV. You got it. <laughs> so I tried to start you out a little bit soft, but you so yeah, far you're one you. for one. All right. <laughs> question number two. Cosmotrons is an arcade shooter featuring spaceships. You are based in Wisconsin. Which of these famed Mercury 7 NASA astronauts was born in Wisconsin? Oh, jeez. <laughs> is it A, John Glenn, B, Deke Slayton, C, Alan Shepard, or D, Gus Grissom? I'm not up on all my uh, astronaut history. <laughs> I don't think I know this answer at all. I'm I'm sure it's not A. I'm I'm sure it's not A. Okay. So we have to take a guess. Yeah, B, C, or D. Yeah. See, this is where we need that lifeline. We need to like cut the questions. <laughs> I think you should just choose, and then if you get wrong, I'll yell at you. Shane said the answer is C. I don't know if you heard that. C is your Did final you... answer. Alan Shepard. Dave's really confident on C. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It was Deke Slayton. He was born in Sparta. Sparta, right. Wisconsin. Sorry, Deke. Deke, if you're watching, sorry. <laughs> I thought that might be played a little dirty, but you never know. Like It could be like something that's really well-known in, in Wisconsin. Uh, John Glenn was born in Cambridge, Ohio. Uh, Alan Shepard, Derry. Weird place deal. <laughs> he shares that with uh, the Stephen King universe. And uh, Gus Grissom was in Mitchell, Indiana. So one one and one. All Midwest. Yeah, isn't that weird? Well, except for uh, Derry, I guess. That's north, northeast, right? New Hampshire. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't hear that. I didn't oh, okay. Hear that yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, okay, question number three. That was hard. <laughs> I think you guys will do better with this one. Okay. Arcadeaholics is a great name for people who are addicted to arcade games. Which of these four space-themed cabinets were gamers addicted to most based on number of cabinets sold? Okay. Was it A, Defender? Space Invaders. B, Space Invaders. <laughs> C, Galaxian. Or D, Asteroids. I'm expecting you know oh, the answer. You answer that? Uh, I'm assuming you know this. Very interesting about Space Invaders, like the whole story about how it, like in Japan and the, the Japanese yen or whatever the coins, there's a shortage of coins because of Space Invaders or whatever. But um, I don't know, Asteroids sold a lot. Asteroids was like, I think it was like 70,000 cabinets or something like that, but Space cool. Invaders was more. B. So B, Space Invaders? You nailed it. <laughs> That's like exactly how I said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to guess how many uh, cabinets sold? Worldwide? Yeah. Well, you know what? I can't. I, actually, the source didn't specify worldwide, so. Okay. My, my guess would be in the United States. I'm sure it was over 100,000. For sure over 100,000 in the United States. So I'm just going to guess 
and say 200 grand. It could be. This this number may be worldwide then. Uh, 360,000. Okay. That's a huge number. Defender, wow. by the way, was 60,000. Galaxian, 40,000. And Asteroids was 100,000. So it was definitely okay. very popular as well. So good job, guys. Two, two, for, uh, two out of three. Two out of three. Okay, uh, question number four. This is a tough one. Cosmo is the first name of which Seinfeld character? <laughs> Was it A, the soup Nazi? B, Babu, owner of the Dream Cafe? Uh, you're C, a <laughs> C, Kramer, or D, Newman? If you need a lifeline, maybe I'll... Are you a Seinfeld? Have you ever watched Seinfeld? I've, yes, I've seen it. I'll let you answer this one. Kramer. Of course, Kramer. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Uh, Cosmotrons is named after him. Yeah. I'm sorry? The Cosmotrons. Is it Cosmotrons oh. is named after Cosmo Kramer? No, it's not. Okay, is like that true? <laughs> okay, uh, question number five. You guys ready? You're doing great. Here we go. Arcadaholics LLC is a small team of two. Which of these famous indie classics was also developed by only two people? Was it A, Minecraft, B, Braid, C, Axiom Verge, or D, Stardew Valley? What was A? Minecraft. Minecraft, I, I thought it, I thought Minecraft was two people because I thought there was some big huge dispute, like between the two people. The one person's like super rich, and the other person kind of created a different version. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Super Meat Boy because I know Super Meat Boy was two people. Just say, I've played I've played all these. Ex- I actually I feel bad because that was originally one that I was gonna pick, but sorry, yeah. I didn't choose that one yet. I'll give you, you a hint. Was, um, three of the others is one person. Yeah, say Braid. I think I think Braid is. I think remember that guy being solo. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards Minecraft. Yeah, I I, I think I don't know. I, I I'm kind of guessing here, but I think you might be right. I do remember some. I thought I remembered something like that. I, I don't know much about Stardew Valley. I haven't played it. Um, I haven't really heard much about that development team because I haven't played it. I have played all the other ones, so they're good games. Axiom Verge is a really good game. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a huge Metroid fan, so uh, naturally I had to check out Axie Converge. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely. I've bought it for like three different platforms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game. So yeah. what do you guys think? What's it gonna be? I go with Minecraft. Okay, we're going with Let's A go. Minecraft. I'm sorry. Minecraft, according to my research, was one guy. Okay. Uh, Marcus Notch. Notch. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of that guy's name, Notch. Now, yeah. uh, you know, if, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll be sure to own up to it when I look, <laughs> do some more research. But the correct answer, and this is funny that you would say, because you were sure it wasn't Braid, but apparently Braid was two people. Hmm. Um, the, the lead designer was Jonathan Blow, and their artist, he had an artist working with him called, his name is David Hellman. Braid so. is the one, like, you kind of go back in time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also a really famous, sold on everything. Uh, yeah, Axie Verge was, was one guy that was Todd he- uh, Hot Todd Hap. And Stardew Valley, uh, one guy, Eric Barone. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Stardew Valley was one guy. One guy. That game is massive. And they, and they yeah, they just released all that multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like I wonder, I said, he, now, wonder if he has like a team now that he has some scratch like to help him out with. Yeah, that. maybe maybe that's what helped him get to that point. Yeah. It's like I don't feel like killing myself again for this game. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I, also Axiom Verge, very very long game. Yeah, that was, that had to have been a ton of work. Cool. Well, uh, just like our previous guests, uh, th- three out of five, very respectable, very respectable. <laughs> and you know what? I'll be sure to give you guys credit if I go back and research and, and discover for some reason I might be wrong. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you get online, you start checking around, and, you know, the people could have different sources and have, or, you know, there could be disputes like, oh, no, no, this, well, there was one guy claiming, but there was actually two. You never know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's the end of our episode, guys. Thank you so so much for joining us. I had a great great time. Uh, I had a feeling you guys were going to be really similar to, you know, us. I could just tell talking to uh, Shane and and Dave, you know, chatting back and forth. It's my pleasure, guys. Yeah, it's great having you. Yeah, definitely appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your show, uh, your format, questions, that kind of stuff. Really appreciate it and. Of course, very much appreciate you guys playing Cosmotrons and and noticing, you know, the the attention to detail and depth and all that kind of stuff that we're yeah. putting in and putting in there and, and enjoying it and so on. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be one near you guys soon so you can uh, battle it out. Yeah, I'll be checking yeah, that- your uh, map. I'll be checking that map every now and then to uh, see if I can't find it somewhere. I'll dr- I'll drive. I'll drive a little bit. I- I'm not going to come to. I probably won't come to Wisconsin, but. <laughs> I'll definitely drive a little ways because I had a, it's really fun. Yeah. So it, you know, it's, and it, it takes me back to a time when just, you know, going to the arcade was special and, you know, we have a few barcades. I'm, I'm going to have to try and hit some people up, talk to them, see if I can't, you know, lobby for it if possible. Yeah. We know sure. a few people, you know, possibly could get in their ear. Yeah. Zanzibar, Rec Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Two pretty good sized bars and with lots of games and, uh, I, those, I honestly don't know if they do the the newer games or if it's just strictly retro. But Zanzibar is more retro. Um, I can't speak for Rec Bar. Yeah. Cool. Well, those thanks are again. So they work well. I mean, our game works well pretty much everywhere, but we find that those places that do have a good arcade crowd at a bar, they our machines do very well there. People seem to really enjoy that. So, and like Shane said, we really appreciate it. Appreciate all the nice things you guys had to say. Bring us into the show too. It's uh, it's nice to hear. Well, yeah. Thanks for playing nice along time. and indulging us with the game and everything. I hope you guys had fun. Oh yeah, it was fun. Great.